0: Hi, I'm Julie and I'm Lisa and you are listening to two sober chicks.
1: Thanks so much for joining us. We're back home in our studio once again
0: (sighs) in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Yes, it
1: was quite a road trip to the United States. We really enjoyed our time We had no trouble at the border this time And we did mention that we were you know, you always tell them where you're going and what you're doing You say sightseeing and they want to know what you're seeing It's part of their, they have a list of questions they have to ask you. So we told them where we were going and the guy was like, oh, and what's that about? And and then he's like,
0: oh, congratulations. Yeah, on the way back. Would that have been Canadian or American guy then? So he was Canadian on the way back and he asked where we had been and I said sightseeing and he asked... Um, I think he asked what what specifically, and I said historic landmark, because I try and like go down the line to see how much information I have to give. Yes. What historic landmark? Dr. Bob's house. And he's like, oh, what's there? And all I hear from the back of the truck is Lisa's voice going, the birthplace of AA. (laughs) And he's like, oh, great. Good for you. I think I I spelled it out for him. I think I said the birthplace
1: of Alcoholics Anonymous. And then he was like, (laughs) oh.
0: (laughs) Do you know the guy at the hotel when we were checking out Asked what we were doing, and I said, well, we're going to Dr. Bob's house. Mm -hmm. And he said, congratulations on your victory. And I was like, oh, I'm going to cry. That's amazing. You told me that after. I think I was already out at your truck
1: at that point. Yeah. And uh, I guess because it's Akron, they probably do get a lot of flooding of visitors of alcoholics, especially around uh, June for Founder's Day, right? yes. June 10th yes. or whatever it is for Founder's Day, there was something I wanted to correct because one of the podcasts, you know, we were just blurting out Oh, things, I know what you're going to say. It's not Fred. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what I knew you were going to say. The third AA was Bill Dodd, right? Is that correct? Bill D? Don't know. I think Sounds it was good. Dodd. Anyway, Fred is the guy from the stories in the 12 and 12. When it talks about the guy who thought that because he hadn't drank for 20 years Mm. and he, when he retired, he pulls out his carpet slippers and his pipe and a bottle and he's dead in like two years from alcoholism. Uh, And the point of that story, Fred's story is that even though you stay dry for many years, we have that insidious disease of the mind too that says, oh, well, I must be okay now. I can't be an alcoholic
0: because I don't drink. Yep, I think that's such a common misperception. It's such a great story to
1: read when you're, especially when you're new or if you've been around for a long time. I've known lots of people who have been around the program for 20, 15, 10 years and they have that notion and they somehow we forget, especially if you stop going to meetings. And this is why it's so important to keep going to meetings, to keep hearing those stories and those messages. Um, and sometimes it's the, um, stories of people who went out that we need to hear yeah. to remind us, oh yeah, that's what happens when I decide that I can drink like a normal person. Yeah. Cause I
0: can't. Well, we had a speaker from our own home group speak at Wednesday night's meeting and he talked about Um, and I think it's the case for so many people. Like a lot of people aren't the daily drinkers, the weekend blackout bingers. They'll have long spaces of time where they can drink normally or they don't drink at all. And then they drink and like they lose a weekend or they slowly start to have relationship problems. Mm -hmm. It's like if I think what's most important isn't what is an alcoholic in terms of how much you drink. It's what happens when you drink, um, do you not go to work? Do you have, do you fight with your partner? Like mm-hmm. even if every time you drink, you don't get drunk, but bad things happen, it's an alcohol problem. Yeah. And we, you know, we've discussed in previous podcasts, the difference between a heavy drinker or someone that's alcohol dependent or an alcoholic. And really that's no one else's business. If you have a problem with alcohol and you come to the rooms, you're one of us. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of different kinds of one of us's. Yeah. Um, so it should be less about. We also did another podcast conversation on this. It'll, it's less about comparing and more about identifying. Yeah, that's what I was just gonna say. I'm a read mind reader. I know. Now we we don't. I don't even need to talk. I'm just gonna sit here and let you. It'll m- be like that scene in Bridesmaids where you just stare at each other it'll be dead air on like on the podcast, but we will know we'll have our own podcast with no words in our minds.
1: (laughs) It might be a little boring for you. So we'll try to keep it audible as
0: possible. Um,
1: thanks uh, all as always for listening to two sober chicks. We do have some great emails that we want to discuss. You have been writing us and we do read them and we do respond. Sometimes you get Julie. Sometimes you get me. Sometimes you get both of us. Yes. (laughs) And it can be this ongoing dialogue. Um, I really loved hearing from Tom and uh, I mean, I love hearing from everybody, but just I think because he was so new and he was talking about how he did this, um, uh, abstaining from alcohol for a month challenge with his friends. Yes. I've heard of this. And I found it very interesting that he is most likely the alcoholic. He's identifying as someone who has a problem with alcohol and he's the alcoholic in the group and his friends are not alcoholics, but they drink normally. But none of them were able to go an entire month. Mm. They all found excuses and reasons to drink. And that was one of the things that I wanted Tom to um, be proud of and to celebrate. It is not easy um, for an alcoholic to go a month without alcohol when you're new. Mm -hmm. Um, But look at your friends. They're not alcoholics and they couldn't even go a month. So good for you. I want you to celebrate that. It yeah. is a really powerful thing that, that you did that, and I hope that you're continuing with that challenge, um, that it's a 24-hour challenge for us in Alcoholics Anonymous, and you're not alone, Tom, because we do it with you every single day.
0: And Tom, also uh, from the Netherlands, mm-hmm. talked about how he was scared as fuck to go to his first meeting. You know what? Yeah. So was I. I know many people that were trembling as they walked into the rooms and other people that just walked in like, hey, I'm going to check this out. Yeah. But I was terrified. I yeah. was absolutely terrified because I didn't know what it would be like other than those commercials on TV, which I thought were sad and pathetic. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> what was your what was your first experience like? It was, was beautiful. It, do you remember the was, place? Oh my God, Was it yeah. here in Toronto? Yep. It was at a treatment center called Bellwood where mm-hmm. I now volunteer. I'm actually lecturing there tomorrow morning. I do a 12 steps lecture every eight weeks, which is so fun. Yeah. Um, and it was at the old location on McNichol Drive and it was like Wait, in the basement. Wait, what time is that tomorrow? 8.45 a.m. Mm-hmm. You can't come Aww. because it's a client Quiet only. Client only. Um, right. And it's part of their program, so you'd have it's like sign okay. you'd have to sign confidentiality. My parents are coming, so I thought it might be. a they good They do have open meeting. The <laughs> they have an open meeting on Saturday that you can go to. Yeah, well, that's all right. Anyways, so it was McNichol Avenue. Yeah, you said? and it was a dump of a place. They're in this big, beautiful, gorgeous place now, but it was yeah. a dump of a place. So mm-hmm. I'm in this basement, walking towards this room, and there is this angel, and she has orange curly hair and she's tall and beaming and glowing and she sees me walking down the hallway and I'm a wreck and she's just like come here honey and pulls me in and basically just takes me under her wing um and it was an amazing first experience didn't Mm -hmm. think I'd see a woman at a meeting I thought it was like old homeless men that were miserable and gray and drinking coffee and lamenting their feelings Mm mm-hmm and it wasn't, and it was really supportive. There was probably about 40 clients there, young, old, white, black, gay, straight, male, female, fat, skinny, like every, All a life. whole range of, so it was a great first experience for me. That's awesome. Um, so it went from fear to like humiliation and devastation, yeah. but that's just because of how I viewed myself yeah. and where I had, where I was at that point in my life. Did you get a chip that first night? Yep. I was told to get one and Mm -hmm. I was like, no. And all of a sudden I just felt myself getting up out of my chair and people were partying like it was 1999 and I was snotting and tearing all over the place. (laughs) And the guy that put the chip in my hand who has since died... Um, he put the chip in my hand and he gave me this big hug and he said, you are officially my new favorite alcoholic Aww. and then gave me, some meetings don't give this, ours don't at St. Clement's, the little card mm-hmm. with like the serenity prayer, the 12 steps and the 12 traditions. Mm-hmm. And, um, up until very recently I was like, yep. And I jumped into the program and I got a big book and a sponsor. And then I found an email that I wrote to myself, f- five, months sober, where I was like, I don't think I'm this kind of person. I don't think I can do these steps. I'm not like these people. I that's don't think good I'm gonna to get it. Share this, yes. Oh yeah. This so I have this email that's taped to the back of my bedroom door. I was four months sober, and my sponsor at the time, the woman that would become my sponsor, told me to write a letter to God. Okay. And I'm like writing this email like I don't know who I'm talking to. This is fucking stupid. I don't even know if you're out there. And it's actually really sad because the body of the email is how much I'm a bitch to my husband and I'm a shitty stepmother and I'm an awful dog owner and I can't like. This is what you think of yourself at the time? At the time. Mm, Okay. Which is hard for me because I think I'm so fucking perfect now. Like, I have such a deep love. Like, I really love myself. Like, I'm my own best friend. I think I'm the coolest chick I know. I'm the smartest person I know. Like, I have a healthy self-esteem. I do the best I can. I think I'm a great friend, a great daughter. But to look at how I was trashing myself. And it, at the bottom, it was like, I don't think I can do these steps. I don't think I'm like these people. My recollection was not that. Mm-hmm. And I read that email not long ago and went, what? Every time I tell my story, I'm like, and then I got a big book and a sponsor and I jumped in and everything's great. And it's not. <laughs> so I'm glad I got a reality check from my own fingers and my yeah. own email because two weeks later, I would go to Manresa, that women's 12 step retreat that mm-hmm. we go to. And i would pick my sponsor and I would do my step three. And then it's just, it ran away mm-hmm. with me, the program.
1: My wife um, and I, we go to the same group, go to the same home group, and there's an open meeting, and then there's a closed meeting, and we often don't sit in the same room, especially for closed meetings, like, because you share, right? And I want her, and she wants me to be able to share
0: openly, and honestly I think that's such a smart thing you know, to do when you have a partner who is also in the program and in your home group yeah
1: because you know there's some things that she might share or that I might share and then you go home at the end of the night and it's like oh so I didn't know that you had had that <laughs> feeling or that thought and, uh, and there's some thoughts that I don't share with my wife because I know that I can't trust my own thinking left to my own devices I have to check in with the sponsor first and thank God for that because um, if I just shared it all with her you know we might not stay together. So I have to go through that process because I'm, you know, I'm an alcoholic thinker. Um, But one of the things that it highlighted for me was this thought about um, how other people perceive me. And that's why I thought that it was so good that you share that part of your journey, because sometimes I think people might listen to the show uh, two sober chicks, and they might think, oh, wow, they've got it so together. But I want people to know that um, we are on a journey. We have ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Um, some days our program is solid as shit, and other days we fall apart. Um, other days, you know, I can't I can't find my program uh, if it was, like,
0: nailed to my face. Oh, I love that. I couldn't find my program. That's like, really cool. Yeah. It's like, a great way to say it.
1: I just fall down. You know, And I forget the things that
0: I, I, I've been
1: taught and the principles that I lean on and the steps and how to work them in my life. Uh, sometimes shit comes at you so fast and you, and you react mm-hmm. instead of follow the instructions. So I thought that that story was really important and powerful for you to share with people so they know that Julie, who now is going to seminary, who's studying the Bible and Hebrew. (laughs) I can
0: almost touch God. I'm so holy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There was a time in the program where you were like, I don't even know if you fucking exist or who you are. I don't know if I can do this. Um, It's important for people to hear that because um, if you're feeling that way, you can see how you're not alone and you can see that it is possible to change. It is possible that this too shall pass, that this feeling will pass And, uh, for myself, my wife pointed out to me one night when I shared one night, we actually sat in the same room and I shared. And, um, it was about when I had uh, applied for the OPP dispatch job Mm -hmm. and I didn't, I didn't get it at the last moment. Everything had looked like I was going to get it. And it was, Mm -hmm. it was like done deal. I had Mm -hmm. all these amazing references except for one, a supervisor at work. And then things fell apart after that phone call. Um, and so I had talked about this because I was going through extreme disappointment and loss. And, you know, I struggle sometimes with, I don't like God's plan for me. I don't like God's will, <laughs> but I know. I've know i learned to accept it. Um, and so I had shared. And then later on on the drive home, she said, you, and not in a mean judgmental way, but it was her perception. She said, you always sound so perfect when you share, mm. like you've got it all together and uh, you have the perfect program. And I went, really? That's what you got from my share? And I thought, oh, I wonder if anybody else got that. Because that is not the impression I want to give people. I want them to know that it is a process. But my sponsor taught me that when I go to a meeting, I don't share share the shit and then shut up. Because who's that gonna help? Where's the hope in that? My job for me as a member of Alcoholics Anonymous is to share my experience, strength, and hope. If I'm struggling with something, I might not have an answer the first time I share. But if I've talked to my sponsor, I might have a better understanding or I might have an answer. So then I share that. And I think that's where I was that night that I shared. But then like two months later, I was sharing with you guys, my sisters, how all this grief had suddenly come up. And I was Mm -hmm. like, I thought I was good with this. I thought I had accepted this answer. Where did this come from? And you guys taught me. It's grief. You're you're allowed to yeah. Welcome to grief. Yeah, you're allowed to be disappointed. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's good to hear. Yeah. So, yeah. So we are human, and we go through these things just like you do, and that's why your
0: letters are so important to us. And we're uh, just one of the flock. We love hearing from you. Grief is. I still have grief over my divorce six years ago. Sometimes it yeah. comes to visit, and it's it settles in deep, and it's like we're gonna have dinner together tonight, <laughs> and all I can do is go, okay, let's have dinner. I'm serving you spinach, you fucker. <laughs> we'll have dinner. That's the nature of grief. Mm. So back to Tom. Yeah. His question is, I sometimes hear people say that they have been going to meetings for a couple of years before the ta- they take the steps. Is that normal? Mm. I don't know about normal, but I don't think it's recommended. No. Um, I actually my bestie said something the other day that I loved when I start working with someone new or a new sponsee um, I always struggle with like do we jump into the steps or do we start with the book and she said with this particular sponsee her it was a life or death situation so they jumped right into the steps and she decided in her own discernment we'll jump into the book later but I think listen if you're coming into the rooms you there's something that in your life that needs to change start the steps immediately Mm -hmm. even if it's just one and if you can't do one pray for the willingness and the strength to start step one yeah And there's no real,
1: I mean, I guess there is, there's a guidebook, it's called Alcoholics Anonymous, (laughs) the big book. Uh, But there's no like, uh, how to manual. Every time I start to say something, I hear my sponsor go, yes, there is. I know. Yeah, Yeah. it's the big book, Alcoholics Anonymous. And so really, that's all I've done is everything that my sponsor did with me, I try to do with a newcomer when I work with them. And for me, that is going through the book. And as you're going through the book, you are going through the
0: steps. Absolutely. Things are happening. Like the doctor's opinion is a great step one story. Yes. Or yeah. a pre step one story. Yeah. Um, it's Chronicle. just, it's fantastic. So, why is it a good step one story? Because the thing about the doctor's opinion that changed my life was that I'm not crazy and the medical field is baffled by addiction. Mm-hmm. And so, if there's something really wrong with me, it just sort of validated. Okay, it's not in my head. I'm actually suffering from something very real, mm-hmm. and I'm in the rooms because I'm powerless and my life is unmanageable, or else I wouldn't have walked through the door. Yeah. So I think the doctor's opinion, which I believe the original manuscript, didn't we see when we were in Akron and we picked up those books? It's actually one. the first thing. Yeah. It was page, which I think is genius, and yeah. then in the years it changed to like the preface and yeah. other things. It was page one. Which is fine, sure. which is more of like a historical chronicle. It's
1: still what you read first. Yeah. Um, yes. Um, so yeah, and for me too, like, um, I didn't start them right away. And so what happened was I suffered. I went to meetings. Yeah, I was dry. I like to say dry as fuck. <laughs> Crispy, crispy, crunchy, so harsh, (laughs) and nobody, you know, nobody wanted to be around me. And I, you know, I was presentable. I didn't smell. (laughs) It wasn't because of body odor or something like that. It was because of attitude. I had I had bad attitude. I had no gratitude. I was full of self pity, and um, I didn't want to do the things that people were suggesting. I didn't really want to do the work, and that's the step work. It's called step work, not step fun. (laughs) yes so you have to do it and uh, it's like if you want to get up uh, let's say you're going into someone's house and it's a two-story walk up in order to get there you have to take the steps it's like anything Mm -hmm. you have to take the steps it is a journey Um, and the sooner you begin um, the faster you can start progressing Uh, so yeah start taking them right away do do the work with somebody um, and we've talked about this before. Meetings are great. Meetings are where the fellowship and the support is.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But working one-on-one with another alcoholic is the program. That's the program. Yes, that's where you know the miracle begins to take place for you. And the miracle is all about
0: people who could not change now changing. Yeah, and you know what? If you're afraid you're going to do them wrong, welcome to how everybody else feels. Yep. You can backtrack. You can do them do again. Them again but don't do them alone, please. Yeah. Um, this is why you need a sponsor. Because if I were to do them on my own, I would have done them wrong. I would have backtracked. I Like, it would not have been good. And that's why you check in and say, am I doing this well? Do you think I should go forward? I'm thinking maybe I should go back. Yeah. I have a sponsee that like four years in, she still hasn't finished all the steps because she keeps going back and front and back in front. And she's going to do ninth, but then she's going to do a tenth. She does practice her program all the time, mm-hmm. which is why I'm a little, you know, and I'm not the taskmaster. Sponsor, mm-hmm. But has she done a full 1 to 12 with me? No. I think we got to step... She's done her amends. And she does yoga and meditation. So I guess she mm. has. It's just been a really... Long journey. Not very... Um, I don't know what, like... The word is regimented, not like everyone else, where it's like, mm. now we're working on the step, now we're working on that step.
1: And we've talked about this before, too, in our podcast, especially after just being to Dr. Bob's house, where they would do one, two, three before they took them to their first meeting, because <laughs> yeah. the term sponsorship is not actually mentioned in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, but where it stemmed oh. from was um, the origins of the Oxford group, which is where Bill pulled some of these uh, tenants, these absolutes. And these ideas to build the steps on um, in order to get into the Oxford group the Oxford group was a Christian organization Mm -hmm. and in order to go there you had to have someone vouch for you in other words you had to have someone sponsor you in cool so they would go to the group and they would say hey here's Bill Bill's an alcoholic Uh, he's done step one two and three he believes in God he understands that he's powerless over certain things and he's willing to turn his life over that's
0: cool I like
1: that and so they would sponsor them in And so a sponsor then was kind of responsible for you. It's like sponsorship from if you want to marry an American and they come to Canada, you have to sponsor them.
0: I'm open to Americans wanting to marry me, by the way. (laughs) I'll be down there um, August 8th until August 24th. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to have a full dance card now, girl. In I what is it? Charlottesville? Americans. Is that where you're going? Americans, Happy 4th, Happy belated 4th, my beloved Americans. Oh yeah. Um I'll be going to Morgantown, West Virginia, Charlotte, North Carolina, Charleston, South Carolina, Franklin, Tennessee, Washington D.C. and I think home after that. We have got to figure this Skype thing out. We're gonna I, podcast. We on are the going road. to. All and right. I'm gonna go to meetings in these cities and then maybe I'll come home and give you the lowdown. Sounds good. Yeah. Okay, well we're gonna wrap this one up so we
1: can get into the very next one. As always, we really appreciate you because without you, nobody would be listening. So Hi
0: Tom. <laughs> Hi and bye Tom. <laughs>
1: Thanks so much. And please keep those email coming emails coming at the number two soberchicks at gmail.com. I'm Lisa. I'm Julie. And this has been Two Sober Checks.
0: Bye.